Welcome everyone to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. One of the tips in how to get the most out of college is to be an entrepreneur. And I, I think about an entrepreneur as someone who brings ideas to life. It's a way of seeing the world, of spotting problems, opportunities, coming up with solutions, taking risks, failing, dusting yourself off, getting back up again, learning from it. And so I am so excited to have Alicia Sepulveda, the host of the College Life podcast. She's an instructor in social innovation at University of Colorado Boulder, 12 years in higher ed, studied entrepreneurship across University of Colorado system. I've done a lot of academic success coaching in her time. Really excited to dig into this. Welcome, Alicia. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I love this topic, so really excited to be here. So entrepreneurship and higher ed, how'd you get into this? Yeah, so I grew up in a really small town, never really thought of entrepreneurship as a path for me. And didn't really even know that it existed, just didn't understand that process at all. And an undergrad, I had had some of the entrepreneurial spirit. I was always thinking about ways that I could generate, you know, revenue in some way. <laughs> like I sold wine, you know, like part-time kind of like a Mary Kay service. You purchase like a 200 package thing and it comes to you and then you try to sell it to your community. So I had always had this like little bug, but I never identified as an entrepreneur myself, even though I always kind of had ideas and was trying new things. And during my PhD, when I was a student at University of Northern Colorado, I really wanted to make the most of my college experience because in my undergrad and in my master's degree, I just didn't know all of the opportunities, all of the things that were on a college campus that I could take advantage of. And I just saw the doors open and I was like, wow, students don't know these things exist. They don't really know how to leverage their resources on campus. So I told myself, you know, whenever I get my PhD, I'm going to do everything I can to reach the goals that I have. And so the way that I did that was I started listening to a lot of podcasts on my way to my PhD program because I lived over an hour away. So, you know, for two hours a day, I was listening to podcasts and really started listening to people who were entrepreneurs, building businesses. And I really saw myself in their stories. And I had never really resonated or identified as an entrepreneur, but I really just started to believe that it was possible because I started to see it's not like a you do this thing and then you're successful and all of a sudden Starbucks is created. It's like, actually, no, that's not, that's not how it works. You know, there are so many pivots and, and winding paths along the way and so many things uh, that don't go right. But then it's like the things that do go right can really make a huge difference. So I really started to meet people in my community who were entrepreneurs, who were really trying to make change in the world. And I've always really been driven by, by impact. That's a huge driver for me. And so I really was listening to a lot of podcasts and really was doing a lot of research as well, like with college students to really understand what are their purpose? How do they identify their passion? How do they identify their goals? And I'm driving one day and I'm listening to actually the research study that I was doing and listening to the interviews that I was doing with students. And I really got lost in the students' stories. And I was like, wow, these students are incredible humans. They're being vulnerable in the study. And I was like, wow, more students need to hear their story because 
so many students that I talked to in my coaching sessions. I had had like over a thousand student interactions one-on-one that were really in-depth experiences. And students would share these vulnerable experiences with me and then just not like share it with other students. (laughs) And so I just really wanted to share that message with the world. And that was really the first thing that I thought, I have to do this. This is something that I have to do and I have to figure out. And so I started trying to figure out how to start a podcast and I have no technical skills. That's really also what held me back entrepreneurially because I always thought it had to be like a tech focused thing. And just really started learning so much about entrepreneurship in my PhD. I took a class for free. I talked to somebody in the underground program and I said, hey, I want to learn more about entrepreneurship. And they said, you know what? Don't even worry about paying for it. Just sit in on the class. And that was amazing. I just got to learn. I bought the book. I met undergrad students in the space. I got to work on a project and really just got to see how, how do you bring something alive? How do you pitch your ideas, right? Like how do you communicate what you're working on and what you want to build? And so that was really for me, the entrepreneurial bug that got started and really helped me think about how do I use college to actually make that happen and and use the entrepreneurship resources on campus. And then I'll just kind of fast forward when I started working at University of Colorado Boulder, got connected with the innovation and entrepreneurship community there. And I just saw so many students who wanted to get connected and didn't really know how. And I just became so passionate about that space. Then I ended up starting a nonprofit as well called the Coaching and Higher Education Consortium. And that's, again, really where I like leveraged it and was like, okay, I got to take this risk. I don't know what I'm doing. I just got to figure it out and try it. Yeah, that was where I started my entrepreneurial journey. That's awesome. It starts with a long commute. You use the long commute for podcasts. You use the podcast to hear stories. You start talking to people and hearing their stories. And out of that comes a coaching consortium and a podcast and a passion for entrepreneurship. I love it. What were some of the resources along the way? Like what was the book? What was the title of this class? What was the book that you used? What were some of these, what were some of your, your favorite uh, podcasts to get inspired? Yeah. Some of my favorite podcasts really were School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. And I think it's called something different now, but back then it was called Don't Keep Your Day Job. So it's kind of a play on don't quit your day job. <laughs> and don't keep your day job to really like follow your passions and like really look at like, what do you want to do in the world? And just, you know, try to make it happen. You know, you don't have to go in on it full time. And I think that that's like really a big thing that I always thought you had to do. And that's kind of the message that I would hear of like, you need to go all in. And it's, it's actually, you don't have to. There's other options and ways to do it, especially for those who are a little bit less risky. So I think those two, I think the class that I took was really basic. It was like introduction to entrepreneurship. And it was for students who were just exploring it, trying to figure out you know, is this something I'm interested in? Really just to learn those skills. And then I'll say, I think getting connected to the different communities of entrepreneurs has been so invaluable. There's the Small Business Development Center, and that's across the United States, which has been amazing. There are people there who can help you with like legal stuff. And I just had really basic questions that I felt were so stupid. Like, how do I start an LLC? What is an LLC? Should I start this or should I create this? (laughs) You know, should I do it in Colorado or Delaware? You know, like all this stuff. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, oh my gosh, what if I make the wrong decision? And I think the worst part is like, you just have to try it and and figure it out. And some decisions are going to work out and some maybe are not going to be the best, but you'll still figure it out. Yeah, that's awesome. I think about my own journey and I got so lucky, I think in two ways. One is my grandfather started a company. It was actually collecting trash. And so I always had like a model of like, okay, I can do this. My grandfather did this and like my dad took it over. 
you know, the idea that you would start a company was not a crazy idea. And then I also, I had some friends who had started companies and I more or less like ran their playbook. He's like, here's my accountant, here's my lawyer, you know, here's how to do the books. I was so lucky. Did you have anyone like that that you could kind of follow in their footsteps or you could run their playbook? Uh, no. Now I have met those people now, but when I first started a consulting business and that was kind of a mess and you know, I definitely like made revenue from it, which was amazing. But when I first started that, the only people that I went to was small business development center. And so I had a consultant there. They offer free consulting. So I just took advantage of that. The university here locally, and I would say, you know, if you are a student or really even a community member or a faculty or staff, there are resources on a lot of campuses, especially to different community members and to also obviously students that you can access. And those are also spaces that I've learned more about like legal questions that I had. This is farther along in the process, but when I was first getting started, definitely the Small Business Development Center. That's awesome. I'm definitely biased toward this, but your idea of looking back and realizing that there are so many resources you can take advantage of and centers and mentors and services and on your campus and in your community, that's the thesis of my book is helping people make the most of all the things that are in front of them that they may not be able to see or they may not think is for them. So it's wonderful to hear someone who's seeing the world the same way and determined to close that gap for herself and for others. And in terms of for others, you've heard all these student stories in your research. You have your own story. What are some things that hold students back, you know, that prevent them from starting something, whether that something is a podcast or a volunteer project or a company or, or a film series or whatever it might be, like what holds students back from entrepreneurship, from starting something? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked this question because it's something that came up in so many coaching conversations and in so many of my relationships with students and even in my class. So I think number one, the first thing is awareness. A lot of students just don't even know that these things exist. And so they automatically just don't, it's not even on their radar. Like I worked with, I share different innovation and entrepreneurship events that are on campus with my class. So I teach about 30 students and every week I share, here are the events that are coming up. And they're like, wow, Alicia, I would have never heard of any of these if I hadn't been in your class. And That's to me, that is idea. really messed up because these are students who are interested in innovation. They want to make change in the world. They want to create a nonprofit. They want to create a business that's actually for good. You know, it's like, these are the students we need to be investing in. <laughs> and they don't even know that these things exist. So I think that's number one. Number two is really around identity. So students really just don't identify with that word entrepreneur. And so if you don't think that you're an entrepreneur, if you don't think like some of these mainstream entrepreneurs, right, that we see in news and in media, then you probably aren't going to go to these types of events. And so you almost automatically rule yourself out, even though what entrepreneurship is, is really like you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, it's really solving a problem in the world. You see a problem and you're like, I think I have a solution. I'm going to try this out and see if it works. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to pivot, but really be dedicated to that problem. And I know almost every student I've ever talked to they want to make change in the world. They want to make a difference. And entrepreneurship gives you the skill set to actually make change. And so for me, I think we have to really think through, like, how do we market these opportunities on campus better to students? And then, you know, if you're a student listening to this, it's really thinking about, 
like just go try these things and see what you think. You know, that's the most important thing is just explore and just dip your toe in. It's like tasting ice cream, you know, like, do I like this flavor or do I not? And I'm not going to know unless I try it. So let's just like go get a taste of it. Awareness identity as barriers is such a great point. I've certainly you know, encountered that. We did a project at University of Rochester, which is called the hundreds of projects I did. This one is up there because there was a, a suspicion that there was a lot of students that had ideas, but they didn't identify as entrepreneurs, you know, or maybe the thing they wanted to start was a podcast or write a book. And that didn't fit squarely within the entrepreneurship club or the, you know, center for entrepreneurship, the business school. So we created this space called the iZone. And the idea was it's like a pre-incubator. It's an incubator for ideas and you can come there and get skills or go to a workshop or find collaborators or, you know, work on your project, brainstorm, get mentoring and really create cultural, economic, social impact in your own way by like lowering the barrier and, and, you know, broadening the tent for people who may not identify that way. So it's, it's really interesting you bring that up. And I feel like once people have the awareness and then they can maybe have that identity or imagine themselves starting something. The other thing I see as a big barrier is the going from like on paper to out into the world, you know, like the lean startup ethos, like get out of the building, talk to customers, do a prototype. Like what would you recommend to students to get over you know, they have the awareness, they have the identity, but they're kind of like staring at the blank sheet of paper or they're trying to come up with the perfect idea before they like talk to a single customer. How do you get them over that? Hump? Yeah, I think giving them like a time frame of like, okay, I want you to create your idea in a week and come back to me and talk to me about it or whatever it is. But like give yourself like enough time to think about it, but not enough time to really like sit and marinate too much. Because action is the biggest piece of entrepreneurship and innovation. If you want to make change, you have to take action. And you can't just think, right? Think about this problem and you see problems. You know, there are so many people out there who see problems and point out problems and write about problems, but we don't have enough people actually trying to solve those problems. And that's where you have to take action. You have to learn how to do that. What I do in my class, and this is in any other area of your life too, it's like talk to people. That's the biggest next step is talk to people, one, who are either trying to solve that problem or are actually solving that problem or one aspect of the problem, or on the flip side, people who are impacted by that problem. And just to really understand what's actually happening. And then that actually helps you create something better. And that's actually called customer discovery, if you haven't heard of that term. But you have to get out there and like learn as much as you can. But then you have to just create something and throw it out there and see if it works. Because some stuff is going to stick and some stuff doesn't. But you don't know unless you try. And I always tell students, isn't working on something like this worth it? Like, even if you don't solve it, and especially these bigger problems, like climate change, homelessness, right? Like all these big, big problems that we have across the country, really across the globe, I'm not going to solve that problem. You're not going to solve that problem. 20 of us in the world are probably not going to solve that problem. It's going to take a lot of people and a lot of problem solvers to tackle that one issue or challenge. And so, yeah, for me, I think it's like we have to go for it. You have to take action. You have to put things out in the world and try it out. And that's where the risk comes in as an entrepreneur. And for me, I'm a little bit more or less risk averse. <laughs> like I get nervous with like financial resources. I didn't come from a ton of financial resources. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to like lose what I have built already. And that makes me nervous to kind of just go in and say, you know, I'm not going to work full time. I'm just going to go out and try to this thing. So for me, I've always tried to make change in creative ways 
like a podcast or in other areas and get creative in how I generate revenue on the side or whatever it is that then can maybe go towards full-time eventually. And I also worked in a startup for a while and that was full-time. So I think you can get creative in how you do that. And you can be in entrepreneurship without necessarily taking on all of the risk that you think about when you think about entrepreneurship. So I think that's another aspect of it. So it's not an all or nothing thing. You can transition. You can have a number of different irons in the fire. And it's about talking to people and discovering their problems or, you know, potential solutions. Yeah, like when I started the nonprofit, I'd went to multiple conferences and talked to so many coaches who were like, Alicia, I want a conference for us. Like, I want to talk more about this. When can I meet other coaches? How do I do this? How do I meet other coaches? How do I learn how to coach better? How do I learn to be a better supervisor for coaches? I just kept getting those questions literally for 10 years. I would go to these different events. And so finally, it was so clear to me and I had the resources, I had the support to say, hey, let's bring people together and let's try to figure out if we can do this. And it worked and we're still building it and it's still, you know, going and it's eventually will be self-sustaining. And it takes longer than I thought to, to build something like that. But yeah, I think it's paying attention to the world around you. Yeah, I think that's so important. And, you know, we talked about cultivating awareness having that identity going out in the world, you know, to observe, to act. And you mentioned support, and I feel like that's a great place to end. So what's your advice on people are becoming entrepreneurs, they're being entrepreneurial, they're acting, they're taking risks. How do they find support, you know, acting and risk-taking? How should they create a support network? Yeah, I think number one is get rid of all your assumptions and just focus on your curiosity of like figuring out like, am I interested in this? What is this all about? Let me learn who these people are. But practically speaking, go to your website, your university or your college website and just Google entrepreneurship club, entrepreneurship on campus, you know, use your resources there. I think getting connected with other students who are also trying to build and create and learn this in this space is, is really huge. So that's number one. Number two, if there is an entrepreneurship center or community, like a larger community, maybe not like a club, but a larger group on campus or a center, that is ideal. A lot of times there will be different events. And so really even Googling entrepreneurship events on campus, that could be really helpful. And then I think lastly is you can definitely look in your community. I think focusing on the college experience first, because these are people who are wanting to help. They want to see you succeed. There's so many resources on campus to help you build this. And then the other aspect too, especially if you're at a smaller school or maybe with a school with maybe a little bit less resources or support here, is talk to an academic advisor and ask them if there are entrepreneurship events, groups, clubs, or yeah, organizations on campus that you can get connected to. Because maybe you can't find it on Google or a search, but maybe they know somebody who can help you get connected to those spaces. And I think the last thing is, is like, just go and try it out. Like start with like an, an event that you don't have to make a big commitment. You're just kind of showing up and observing and, and start to kind of see that space. Because the biggest thing that I see with entrepreneurship and innovation is that it gives students hope. Because these are people who are actually trying to solve problems. Because you hear all day in the news and social media about all these big things that are happening in our world. When really like what we need is more people who are hope generators. And that's what I think of entrepreneurs and innovators. These are people who are actually taking action and putting hope out in the world. Like, let's actually make change. And they're actually doing it. That's awesome. The Entrepreneur is Hope Generator. We found our title for this episode. I love it. So thank you so much, Alicia, sharing your story <laughs> and sharing your advice. 
as a hope generator myself, I hope this helps folks discover entrepreneurship and make an impact in their community and on their campus. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out elliotfelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Thank you.